Thanks so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and email us your story up at collegeparkchurch.org. Also, if you'd like to help support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting collegeparkchurch.org and choosing the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We've been dissecting. Can you let the worship team know we love them this morning? Dwayne on the keys, tickling the ivory, making it sound beautiful. <laughs> the plastic ivory, you know? <laughs> They're amazing. Um, again, one more time. Are you ready for the word? Awesome. We want to welcome everybody online and those of you who are watching this later on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. It's great for you to, for you to be with us this morning or whatever time it is of the day. <laughs> um, we've been dissecting the life of uh, Joseph. Dissecting the life of Joseph. One of the things that we, I want us to learn, something that God's put a fire in my heart to give to you for us to get, is that favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. We see that so much in the life of Joseph, that in one stroke in the beginning of his life, God says, I'm going to favor you, Joseph. I, got, I, got, I have plans for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you. Um, somebody that's going to build my, establish my kingdom here on earth, and everybody's going to bow down to you, Joseph. But in the midst of God saying, I'm going to favor you, God makes him a slave. That doesn't make any sense. In the midst of God speaking into his life that you're going to lead people, and you're going to have, a, you're going to, you're going to have an amazing ministry um, um, to people, it starts out that his brothers get jealous of a coat that God gave him, and because of the coat that God gave him through his father, his brothers get jealous, and through their jealousy, he becomes a slave. What would you do when God speaks to you, but then you feel like for the next 3, 5, 15, 20 years, like a slave? What would you do? How would you serve? How would you act? How would you respond? What words, what actions, what, what, what innuendos would you give people when you're sitting at the dinner table with them? whole different story. And, and what blows my mind when it comes to the life of Joseph and how God literally establishes his kingdom, how God manifests his favor in Joseph, this is what strikes me so much, that in the midst of Joseph getting a coat, see, a lot of people think, man, I'm favored by what people give me. That's one element. I'm, I'm favored by how many people and how, pe- how many people think of me. That, 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 that's my new. I, I feel like I'm favored, you know what, based on the results and based on the high numbers of people that are near me. Just because you have numbers doesn't mean you have favor. We learned last week that favor can also come out of the famine. And then without the famine, no one would have known who Joseph was. God established his kingdom through Joseph through a famine. And the greatest favor that we see established out of Joseph's life was through a famine that hit Egypt. I've come to tell you that your your greatest favor and your greatest blessing is going to come through the driest season of your life. I've come to tell you that through the hardships of life, through people abusing, my God. Here's what I love about the life of Joseph. The people that once oppressed Joseph are now hiring Joseph to run their company. The same people that beat him as a slave, the same people that thought he had nothing, are now, or at least in the case of Potiphar, 
Now Potiphar has put him over everything. And the only thing that Potiphar has authority over is the food that actually enters into his mouth. And now Joseph runs everything. Why? Because favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. A lot of you are missing your blessing based on the hardships of your life. When we say, God, take me away from the hardships, what we are saying is, God, take me away from favor. Because favor is always accompanied by pain. Always. I mean, you look from Genesis, and you look all the way down, all the way to Revelation, and everywhere in between. There, for some reason, people have acquainted favor to, I don't know, your faucet, when you turn it on, just drip sweet tea or whatever your, whatever your vice is, Coke or Pepsi or whatever. You think, man, if, if it does that, I got favor. No, you can experience favor and pain. You can experience favor and problems. In the case of Joseph, you can experience favor in the pit, favor in the prison. Because here's the thing about favor. Favor, if you're taking notes, fits any situation. It doesn't matter what environment you're in, you're favored. If you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. Point blank. People think I'm only favored, man, when every seat's filled, or I'm favored because I'm on TV. No, man, here, here's the deal. Just because one of my greatest, one of my greatest um, preachers I love to listen to, uh, when, I, when I was growing up in ministry um, about 10 years ago, was just fired from his church because of sexual molestation over his goddaughter. World-renowned, world-renowned, was the number one asked to speak speaker Five years, uh, up to five years ago. More than T.D. Jakes, more than a lot of people. This guy was asked, and he just was let go of his church. Because here's what happens. People don't want favor. People want glory. People don't want favor. They want money. People don't want favor. They want a girl or a guy. And that's one of the things that when it comes to leaders today, one of the three things that take out people all the time, money, glory, or a woman, in the case of a man, or, or, or vice versa, or both because of the generation that, or the culture that we live in today. But here's the thing about favor. Favor fits in any situation. Favor fit for Joseph in the pit. Favor fit for Joseph in the prison. And my God, did it not fit well for him in the palace. It fits in every, it fits in any situation. But here we are with our godlike minds and our godlike thoughts thinking, you know what? It can't. How can favor fit in the midst of a marriage that seems on the brink of divorce? How in the world can favor fit when the supervisors and people above me hate what I'm doing? See, this is why you can't afford to be bitter because if you're bitter, you'll never become better. And what happens is bitterness will hold you. Bitterness will cripple you. That's why the Bible lets us know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because God cannot reside in a prideful heart. His Holy Spirit will not manifest himself in a woman or a man to people who want to hold on to their sin. Or in this case, hold on to their anger. Hold on to the past. As long as you hold on to the past, you'll never be able to grasp what's ahead into your future. And the reason why your future is so cloudy and the reason why you have no clarity into where you are going is because you have fueled and you have paid for your past to remain. How? Through your thoughts, through your meditation, through your rewind and playing, rewind, rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing that movie over and over again, what they did to you physically, what they did to you verbally, what they did to you sexually. 
Don't get me, don't, please don't get this thing twisted. By no means am I devaluing the pain that you've experienced. In fact, if I was to give us time for every one of us to talk, every one of us has pain. There is no pain, my pain, your pain, Joseph's pain, that's greater than anybody else's pain. We all have pain. Can we agree on that? We all have a story. We all have a testimony. The Bible says you're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of your testimony. In order to be an overcomer, you have to be tested. In order to win something, you have to have an adversary. You have to have an enemy. You have to have somebody to fight against if you're going to be a winner. There has to be some contestant. Are, are we on the same track? I know this sounds really fundamental, but I, I want us to understand because we think that in order to have favor, everything should be good and everything should be perfect and everything should be right and everything should be clear and everything should be okay and everything should be great and everybody should love me and everybody should c congratulate me and everybody should pat me on the back and everybody should know my name and everybody should be there for me. And when I'm down and out, somebody should call. When, I, when I'm hurting, they should be there to visit me. How many of you know Joseph, no one visited him in the pit? How many of you know no one called him in the prison? How many of you know every, his whole entire family neglected him and forgot in his name? And yet he was still favored. Because favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. In the book of Luke 20, 43, it says, I'll make your enemy your footstools. In order to put up your foot and kick back and relax, you got to have an enemy, the Bible says. <laughs> We're going somewhere this morning. In order to be able to have a footstool, you got to be able to experience pain. In order to be able to know God is your victor and God is your overcomer, there has to be an enemy in place. Not only does favor fit any situation, but when it fits any situation, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to what? Favor serves in every situation. Favor serves in any situation. Here's the thing about Joseph, where most leaders get it wrong. So many people think that in order to have favor, I need to have servants. And Jesus says you got it all wrong. In order to have favor, you need to be the greatest of servants. I, I was talking to somebody just recently, and um, he's like, I'm a leader. They should obey me. No, they should never. They shouldn't obey you. They obey you because they trust you. If they're not, they're not obeying you because they don't trust you. Just because you have a position doesn't mean you have leadership. And so many people have acquainted favor to position, and so they seek out titles. They seek out a name, only to get that name and get that title, and everything just seems to be, not be close to what they desired and imagined and fashioned in their mind before. Why? Because... When it comes to being great, when it comes to be successful, Jesus says, man, be the greatest of servants. Everywhere Joseph was promoted was because of his service. Did you ever notice that? It didn't matter what opportunity that was placed in Joseph's hand. An angry boss. You forget that he wasn't an Egyptian. He didn't grow up in this culture. He didn't understand this, this people, their language, their ways. And somehow somebody who is outside of culture and outside of their time and outside of their language and outside of everything that they're about, how does that person become second in command in Potiphar's house? 
And then how does that man turn to become second over all of Egypt? Favor ain't fair. But in order to experience that type of favor in your life, you got to be able to serve in any situation. That's why people who can't clean a toilet or pick up a broom or park a car, they'll never lead in this church. There, I don't, there hasn't been one ministry that I haven't served somehow in other than women's ministry because I'm just not a woman. <laughs> Let women do that, right? But as far as kids' ministry, nursery, parking team, anything, anything it's like, let's go. Let's go. Because I don't want anyone to ever think above me, beside me, below me, that there is something in life as far as serving in an era that's beneath me. There is nothing beneath me. And there's nothing beneath you because favor serves in any situation. In fact, can we just say it out loud? Favor, favor. serves favor. in any situation. God says, I'm going to take that coat from you that you think has favored you and create within you character by putting you into a pit. Favor is more about character than the coat. Favor is more about character than your specific position or calling. Favor is what are you going to do when somebody backstabs you? Favor is, going to, you know, favor, favor is attributed to how, you know, how, how are you? Do you turn the other cheek? Favor is all about, you know, uh, oh, my brother's down. Do you lift him up? Favor is all about, Jesus said, I mean, how in the world can you love the one you don't see and you can't even love the brother that you do see? You can't even invite them to dinner and you can't even break bread and you, and you can't even, you know, invite them to the fight and you can't invite them to the football game. But you say you love me. No, you don't. You don't love me. And so we live in a time where we have fabricated favor, and we have messed up dysfunctional favor, but we don't have kingdom, kingdom kind of favor. The favor that when people say, how is Pastor Mark preaching? How is Pastor Mark leading? Pastor Mark doesn't have a master's degree in seminary. Pastor Mark seems to be young and handsome and just good looking. How in the world can he be there? Why are you laughing? Why are you upset? Because favor ain't fair. Favor can take your son that's in a prison, can take your little young kid who, who's surrounded by sinners and make them the top person in that place because favor ain't fair. But how do we get to that place? It's in our service. It seemed like the lower Joseph went, the higher he went. And the lower he went in the eyes of the people, his favor brought him before great men. His family didn't bring him in front of great men. His coat didn't bring him in front of great men. His resume didn't bring him in front of great men. His dysfunction did. His prison did. His pain did. His problem did. I was talking to a leader yesterday in, um, in Colombia. This person was experiencing so, so much type of anguish, pain, and trouble. And I sat back, and I just started having tears, and I started saying to myself, and I ended up speaking into this person's life, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. She, this person was like, what do you mean you're excited for me? You're experiencing so much problem and pain. It's because favor is about to come right around the corner to you. But you got to stay committed. You got to stay better and not bitter. Desire to become better. Desire for your, for your attitude to become better. Desire for your heart to become better. Desire for every place that you are in, every place that you serve to be better. 
Favor makes every situation not just great, not just okay. It makes every situation better. While he was in Potiphar's house as a slave, he made it better. While he was stuck in the prison with two people that he probably didn't have the time of day, but he gave them the time of day, he made their dreams better. And when he served a wicked king, a wicked nation that he didn't know hardly anything, he made that place better. I want to ask you today, church, what are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? And how are you using it to make somebody's life better? Joseph's favor lay dormant until it was planted in the soul of someone else's need. You never saw his life promoted. And you never see his life getting better till he connected to somebody who had a problem near him. And as he started working the soul in Potiphar's life, and as he started working the soul in the two other prisoners' life, as he started giving of himself to them, when they never gave of themselves to him, his life, we see, got better. Your life will only get better when you stop being bitter and you start fueling somebody else's life to be greater. I know no one wants to shout about that because we want to hold on to our unforgiveness. We want to hold on to our anger. I remember that. I remember not wanting to forgive my dad for physically abusing me from kindergarten to the fifth grade. I remember being in the church service and my spiritual father, it wasn't at the time, first time I was starting to get to know him, starts preaching about the forgiveness of God. And everybody was getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People were just experiencing the great, greatness of God, and their lives were being filled by God's mercy, God's grace, and God's love. And there I was in the third pew or second pew on the left-hand side in the front, just head dipped, hands crossed, arms crossed. I didn't want to get bit, bit better because I was so angry because I became so bitter. Bitter because I started thinking, why should I forgive my dad? I'm the young kid. My father should forgive me. Why should I be the one who steps up and steps out and speaks up and speaks out into his life? Little did I know that I had such a low perspective when it comes to being greater in God's kingdom. Because the Bible says he who was first is last and he who was last is first. What does it mean? In order to gain your life, you got to lose your life. What does that mean? Uh, Galatians 2.20, I'm a, I'm, I'm a dead man walking. For I am crucified with Christ. It's no, longer Christ. it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. I don't live my life based on um, revenge. I don't live my life based on anger. And I don't live my life based on bitterness. I live my life based on the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, self-control. Unforgiveness keeps no record of wrong. I live my life by 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. It keeps no, keeps no record or wrong. I live my life by, by the way of Christ. You know what? If, if, if my brother sins, I forgive him seven times 70. I live my life not by the world, not by Donald Trump, not by Barack Obama, not by the government, and not by my school system. I live my life by, based on God's word. I, I apply his life to my word, not my life to it. I say, God, whatever your word says, I apply it. Whatever it is, I want to mirror it. And whatever you say you want me to do, I'm going to do it because I don't want to be, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a person of this world, but I'm an, I'm an alien. I'm a foreigner to this place. 
Because this world, the Bible says, is not my home. I'm looking for a new home. It's called heaven one day. And as I live here in this world, in this foreign country, I'm going to live as if heaven is here and here now, today. Because I have not an intention of this world, but I have faith to know that my God is going to do all things. My God is going to build all things, and my God is going to do all things through my life as long as I live according to his purpose. Everybody say live. Everybody say live. How are you living today? Are you living like the world or are you living like Christ? Are you, are you wanting the world to respond? Are you, wanting, are you wanting favor to respond to you like the world? Or are you wanting favor to respond to you like Christ? Are you, wanting to be, are you wanting to be successful like the world? Be built up like the world? Or you want to be built up like Christ? Because when I read my word, there's so many things in the Bible that is so, so opposite of the world and how the world wants me to live today. So unlike Christ. They say if your brother hits you, Get ahead. Get even and then get ahead. People say, you know what? If, if they, you know what? Uh, fool, me, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twi- twice, shame on you. And yet God hasn't given you a, 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 a one chance. He hasn't given you just a second chance. How many of you he's given you more than a million chances? Can we give God some praise this morning for his grace? Why? Why do we do that? Because we understand favor ain't. Favor ain't fair. fair. Life ain't fair. Don't we understand that? We live in a day and time, at least my my kids do now, where everybody's a winner. I hate that. God, I hate that. I get so angry. I I became an assistant coach so I can, underneath everything, like, no, your first place, your second place, your third place. Because our first season playing, we won one game. And then these kids were like, we're all winners. No, we're not. We won one game. We're not winners. We got to up our game. We got to hone in our game. We, 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 we got to train better for the next game. If, if we want to get better. And so we live in a time where this, this mindset has crept up in the church. Everybody's favored. Everybody's blessed. You get a car and you get a car. And you. It's like Oprah Winfrey for Jesus Christ. Because everybody gets everything. No, it's not. Not everybody's walking in favor. Not everybody's walking blessed. How do I know that? Look at the world and read your Bible. Because not all are called, but few are chosen. Why are they chosen? Because few obey naturally. And the only the people who obey naturally can see God manifest supernaturally in their life. Obedience is everything. So if we're not obeying the Bible, we're not going to be able to experience the things of the Bible. We're not going to be able to experience the favor of the Bible. We're not going to be able to experience the supernatural miracles of the Bible. We're not going to experience a marriage like we see in the Bible. We're not going to experience power like we read in the Bible. But to those who are called according to his purpose and live to it, my God, he's going to work all things for your good. Why? Because godly favor ain't fair. It ain't fair. It ain't fair. It ain't fair when you, not this church, it was another church I was serving a leader in. This person was, was clubbing and just getting drunk. This other person was having sex with some girl or with a girl, and the uh, Holy Spirit brought it, to my, brought it to me in a dream. It's the first time I've ever had that. 
I've only had that once in my lifetime where God gave me a picture of somebody in sin, leaders that were near and close to me. I approached one. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. I approached one of them and said, yeah, um, I've been getting drunk and I'm going to the club on Friday nights and everything. And uh, it's one of my worship leaders uh, when I was a youth pastor in Somerville. The other one, I was like, Holy Spirit, I don't even know how to say this to you, bro. The Holy Spirit said you're having sex with, with this girl. He's like, I, nah, man, nah, I'm not. He goes off um, five minutes later after he, uh, he leaves my office. He's in his car, and he's like, Pastor Mark, can you ask me that question one more time? What question? Can you, can you please ask me that question one more time? Are you, are you having sex with that girl? Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. Why are you telling me now? I, my, my heart won't stop beating. We'll stop beating fast. You know why favor ain't fair? Because like Joseph, it takes a pit and a prison to make him everything God called him to be. For this young worship leader, it took waking up a pastor somewhere in the midnight hour to tell him about his history. And so what can happen in the church a lot of times that you, you, can, you, can, you can look at some, you can look, I, I, I've, had, I've had to tell this to David and, and our cadre and, and some, Pastor Dylan and other people. You can't just, you can't gauge your life just based solely on what I've done and where I've been. Because your journey is going to look so much different than where I've been and where I've, where I've gone and where I'm going. The Bible says acknowledge him in all your ways and what? He will direct your path. Your path is not like my path because my path is for me and for me alone. And so we have so many people who get frustrated when they come into church. Why isn't College Park doing it this way? Why isn't College Park doing it that way? Why, isn't, why is College Park doing it like that? It's because we are living according to what God has called us to be this way. And we're going to own it. And we're not going to apologize for it. And we're going to keep on building it this way, as what God is calling us to do, because we are who God has called us to be, and we're going to do it his way. I, I've told David this, and I've told Dylan this. In fact, I told Dylan this. Is, is Enneke here? Enneke, um, his wife's here. When, when he was in my youth ministry, he was dating Enneke. Enneke was going to another church at that time. and He, he was getting to a place where he was getting very rooted here. Started to. And I had a, man, just a face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversation. I'm like, bro, I know you're becoming very serious. I mean, it's really serious. They're married right now, you know? I was telling him, if this relationship, and you believe it's going to, you know, lead to marriage, you got to serve at one church. He's looking at me, what? I'm like, in fact, I would rather you go to the other church, didn't I? I didn't try to push you and pry you to stay here. Because you, you, you can't serve two visions, and you can't serve two masters, and you can't serve two leaders. Because comparison comes in. You start comparing people. Well, he does it this way, and he does it that way. Duh. He speaks Spanish, and he speaks English. Duh. If you go to China, you're going to make him speak English? If you go to, you know what, Guam, are you going to make him speak whatever Guam people speak? I don't know. <laughs> what do they speak, by any chance? Anybody know? I feel so sorry for any people who are from Guam and I don't know what you speak. I know a lot of them speak English but now, but 
Does that make sense? And so we live in a day and time where we want people to look like us, talk like us, be like us. No, not everybody is like us. We are a family. Like family, we are all different. But we serve one purpose, and that is loving one another. We serve, we serve one purpose, and that is loving one another. And because of that is our purpose, we're not going to treat everybody the same. Though it sounds nice if we do. But if that's the case, let's put all you in a pit. Let's put all of you into a prison. To which every one of you would say, nah, Jesus, I'm okay. Oh, but if we got to act like, act the same way to everybody and treat everybody the same way, then let's do it. Let's just go ahead and do it. Let's give you a cross like Jesus and have everybody treat you like trash down the Bella Della Rosa and crucify you on a cross. Let's do it. Favor ain't. Life, eh? Then why do we expect to be fair to everybody? You're not. You're not. Remember, there are three classifications of, of, committed, or, uh, of friendships. There's the crowd, there's the committed, and there's the core. I don't treat the crowd like I treat my core. Jesus knew this. Jesus didn't treat everybody like everybody. Jesus said to the crowd, I speak in parables. But to you, the committed in the court, I speak the hidden truths. He didn't treat everybody on the same page. But he loved everybody where he was at. You can love everybody, but you don't have to love them so close. You can love, people, love some people from afar off. Are you, are, are, are you okay? Jesus loved everybody, but he didn't go with everybody. The 12 people followed him, but the crowd left him. To the rich young ruler, he said, stay. To the man who had so many demons that were possessing him, he said, stay. To the woman at the well who wanted to follow him, he said, stay. Not everybody can stay with Jesus because not everybody's core, not everybody's committed because they're just a crowd. If everybody was a leader, who would follow? Everybody's a leader. Not everybody's a leader. Everybody has the potential to be a leader. All are called to be a leader, but few are chosen to be one because few, few allow the pressure of life to produce, to manifest God's purpose in them. Because they feel favor should be a certain way. No favor can come in any way. But what are you doing when you are experiencing favor God's way? How was your talk? How was your attitude? How were your thoughts? I don't know if I said this. I can't remember. I've had so many conversations in the last two, three weeks. You know, like a meeting every day, multiple meetings on some days. Some nights getting home at 1130. And um, there was a person in the church who, I, don't, I can't remember. Um, uh, somebody came to, the, someone came to me, wanted to meet with me, and was like, this person that was one of you, somebody close to you was, um, secretly recording your conversations, and, and um, they took you out of contents, and they were giving little sound bites, and they were giving it to people um, to manipulate what you said. This person was close to this person. Blew me away. And uh, God gave me the opportunity to be able to sit down, break bread, and forgive them, and hand them a, a check. Because favor ain't fair. I'm going to bless those who curse me. 
We're going to love those who hurt us. Because I don't want the favor of you on me. I want the favor of God on my life. I don't want you to just say, oh, look how good your kids are. I want God to say, watch me how I make your kids so good today. I don't want, I don't want the world to say, oh, look how great Mark's marriage is. Oh, look how much he loved his wife. I want God to look down from heaven and say, man, I'm going to give you a love like me in order to love like me to your wife. And give you a marriage that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, eye, no, no one has ever experienced. To where I would have, young man, I want to have a marriage like you, Pastor Mark, one day. Why? Because of the love of Jesus. But can I tell you, favor is always accompanied by pain. It's always accompanied by pain. Everybody who goes to the gym understands this. Why can we understand this in our walk with the Lord? Everybody who runs understands this. Everybody who bends presses knows this. Everybody who's in CrossFit understands this. Ford Way Mayweather understands this. Conor McGregor, the greatest fighter in the UFC of all time, understands this. You, there is no progress without pain. So in the life of a believer, if you are experiencing pain, it's because you have favor. The reason why everybody keeps letting you go and every, the reason why everybody keeps wanting to get away from you is because God has taken away your coat that a person gave you, putting you into a pit to refine your character within. Because character is everything. I came to say character is everything. It's what you do in the midnight hour when no one, nobody else is around. What you say, what you think, what is, what's burning and yearning in your heart. That is what God is all about. That's what he's doing. That's why he's doing all this right now. And I just The reason why that girl divorced you or the reason why that guy, you know what, dumped you is because God has something better for you. The reason why you're not a part of that job is because God has something better for you. Stop staying bitter when there is something better right around the corner. In fact, can we just take a praise break for everybody that's broken up with you? Can we take a praise break for everybody that's hurt you? Can we take a praise break for everybody that's left you down, left you out, said, I don't like you, I don't want you, there's nothing good for you, because at the end of the day, God is looking down from heaven. Ooh, look at his heart, it's good. It's good to me. It's good to me, I can trust him. I can trust him. Favor fits in every situation. Favor serves in any situation. Favor makes every situation better. As I close, as the band comes, so many want the benefits of favor. But are you willing to stay committed in every situation? Do you really want the favor of God in your life? How committed are you? How committed are you? One thing... One thing at College Park that you will learn really quick here, um, especially in the last two years, that if you're not connected in a ministry in this church, you will be left behind. If you're not connected somehow, some way, you'll never get connected in this church. I was talking to somebody just recently. They're like, Pastor Mark, man, I just, I feel lost. I'm like, I know you're lost because you're not connected. You're dislocated. Ezekiel 37, the prophet, the spirit of the Lord took them into a, a dry land. There were dislocated bones everywhere. Something that is dislocated is dead. Something that is dislocated has no life. Something that is dislocated has no value. 
And so the Bible says that, son of man, do you think these dry bones can live? He says, prophesy to the dry bones. He prophesies to the dry bones. He speaks life to what seems dead. He speaks life to what seems disconnected. He speaks life to something that seems that has no value. And he determines, I'm going to speak life into this situation. And I am going to make every situation better. Because I've learned that favor serves in any situation. Favor can fit in any environment. Because favor ain't fair. Put me in a pit, I'm going to be favored. Put me in a prison, I'm going to be there. Put me with a group of 30 people, I'm going to be favored. Put me with no people, I'm going to be favored. Because favor ain't fair. If you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. If God is for you, he's for you. If he's not, he's not. How many, how many people believe God is for me in this house? How many people believe with God all things are possible then? How many of you believe that when you speak, you can speak life? How many of you know that when you can open up your mouth and speak through your tongue, you can speak blessings, not death, not curses, but you can change the total atmosphere of where you're at and see God manifest a supernatural blessing where there was a dislocated bone and a vast army can come out of it. How come we're not acting like it? How come we're not walking like it? How come we're not speaking like it? and I love it. What are you giving to me? How much of your time, talent, and treasure has it? I can tell when somebody loves this church. I can tell when somebody loves their wife. I can tell when somebody loves their kids by how they give to them of their time, talent, and treasures. It's, it's, it's the secret ingredient in life. The three things that God gave the 12 people, that God gave the poor people, and that God gave the crowd. He gave up of his time. Many times he wanted to walk away. Many times he wanted to go to a, seclu a, seclu a secluded place and pray. But the Bible says he looked and he saw the crowd and compassion came over him. And he stayed longer. Many of times when, 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 when Jesus is placed into a, a nasty situation, and the Bible says that they were trying to trick him. But instead of getting mad at them, he gave them kingdom principles over and over and over and over again. His favor ain't fair. I want to speak to the person where you have, you, you are living life so disgruntled. You are living life right now so confused and so angry, feeling like you have been so betrayed. Because you feel life should be fair. I come to tell you it's not fair. But it's in that pit and in that prison, in that insecurity, in that loneliness, in that wilderness, in that dry season, that you are going to see a favor like you've never experienced before. If you just serve and you stay committed. Consistency is everything. Consistency. Just because you told your wife you love her one time, just because you told your son and daughter one time, do you think they're going to think you love them? No. You better be consistent and all the time in everything. Oh, you're a great leader. How consistent are you? You're a great volunteer. How consistent are you? You love the church. How consistent are you? You love your wife. How consistent are you? You love your kids. How, cons how consistent are you in showing godly favor? 
We don't show favor because they deserve it. We give favor because that's what God's given us. The way you give, it will be given back to you. Press down. Shaking together. And overflowing shall men give to your bosom. Shall people give unto you. People that once oppressed you are now going to bless you. People that once cursed you and enslaved you, like in the case of Joseph, are going to be the ones who promote you. Those people who ignored you are going to be the ones who are going to, whose hearts God is going to turn around and make all things work to your good. But you have to stay committed. You have to stay serving. You have to fight all the things of the world and make sure that you put on the things of God and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. So I'm going to serve it with my attitude. I'm going to serve it with my mouth. I'm going to serve it with my life. I'm going to serve it with my feelings. I'm going to serve it with all things. Come out of it. So this morning, this message is not a message of motivation, even though it is to some degree. It's a message of conviction to let us know that if we're going to be a people like like God has called us to be, world changers, planet shakers, city takers, we got to understand how favor operates in the kingdom. We got to understand how favor operates in the kingdom. That you will experience the greatest favor through the greatest drought. You will experience. Your greatest, the greatest favor of God through the greatest of pains. You're going to experience the greatest move of God through the greatest trial and tribulation of this day. That's why James says in chapter 1 or chapter 2, rejoice when you fall into all these trials and tribulations. For it is creating patience. Another one says it's creating endurance. Why do you need endurance? To stay committed. Why do you need endurance? So you can keep serving. Why do you need endurance? Because you're going to want to quit. Why do you need endurance? Because you're going to get angry. Why do you need endurance? Because you're going to get mad. Why do you need endurance? Because you're going to have moments. Well, life ain't fair. Yes, it ain't fair. But endure. Yes, it ain't fair. But have patience. Let patience have its work so it can make you complete and perfect lacking nothing. I want to be a a father. I want to be a husband. I want to be a faith-filled pastor who lacks nothing. You know how I lack nothing? Like the Apostle Paul says, rejoice because this trial and tribulation, this pain, this moment that you're in is about to open up floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing over your life that you'll never be able to be able to take it all in. You're going to have to call other people in because you understand God's time, God's principles, God's favor. If you believe that, can you stand to your feet and give God praise this morning? This morning, I pray, I pray you never look at a problem again. I'll tell you like I told that leader yesterday. 
I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you students who are going back to school. You're about to see the greatest of problems because a lot of you have experienced the greatest of revelation this past camping season. You're about to experience the grit. Why is God sending me all these problems? Because he's about to shower his favor on you. You thought God manifested something in you, Mallory, at camp? You haven't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come in your life. That is just the tip of the iceberg of what God's going to do in your life. I believe it. I see it so strong in my spirit right now. You thought you went through, the, you thought that was the greatest of pains because of your family? You're about to experience the greatest of favor in your life because of God's goodness and God's grace because he can trust you with his promise. Stay patient. Endure. Endure. Stay committed. Don't, don't jump out yet. It's right around the corner to those who live according to his purpose. Right now, I want to speak to the people who are experiencing pain. I want to experience people. I want to talk to people who are experiencing problems. I want to talk to people who are confused in an area of your life. Uh, if, I, if you're in any of those categories, would you just raise your hand this morning? Family, job, calling, gifts. I'm confused about something. The worship team, we're about to sing a worship song. Pastor Blake's about to come up with some more instructions. I don't care what you're going through. I understand it's painful. But are you willing to say, God, I'm not going to look at it the same way I looked at it in the past. But like James says, I'm going to rejoice because now you have positioned me. I'm going to rejoice because now you have placed me. I realize that this isn't here to take me out. It's here to take me up. It's not here to take me and kill me. It's here to promote me to be all who you called me to be. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and this house, we're going to what? We're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to serve you because my boss is dripping sweet tea with favor. I'm going to serve you because I realize that this pain is about to produce the promise of heaven in my life. I'm not going to serve because everybody sees it. I'm going to praise it because I realize that what God's spoken into me, no one knows it. And the reason why no one knows it is because God's taken me to a place that no one else has ever been. So right now, I'm standing in a season to where no one has a connection to. So nobody can talk me through. No one's going to understand how to get me through because it's only going to take God's power to do it all. Can we get God praise one more time? Worship team.